everyday veterans about everyday issues acclimating back to civilian life and today we are talking to Jeanette Sparrow she was a specialist which is an E4 in the United States Army uh, she was Army Guard and she has a very very interesting date that she rotated out of the National Guard welcome to article 15 Jeanette thank you for having me Ah, it is definitely my pleasure. Now, this is not our first recording for anybody who is listening to this. This is our second quote unquote recording. Uh, thumbs over here myself. Uh, thought that I had started recording and I did not. So this is the second time we are recording this podcast. However, interesting enough, we spoke yesterday through the whole podcast and we had some great insight in which something to think about, which I am excited to talk about. However, we do have to get back to the nitty gritty and uh, go over what we spoke about yesterday. So <clears throat> not to re, 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 record, but to go over what we talked about yesterday, you had a date in which you rotated out of the National Guard. You want to go over that? Yes, I, my discharge papers were official on September 10th, 2001, which everybody knows what happened on September 11th, 2001. Heartbreaking, devastating, Lord, don't let ever happen again. Um, very emotional time to yeah. get your final papers. Well, it's, it's crazy because I remember I remember being a kid and my parents talking to me about where they were when JFK was shot. So I'm like, all right, well, JFK was shot um, November 22nd. I don't remember the exact year, but it was like one of those weird things. Like, why would you remember that? That's kind of a crazy thing is somebody else was shot. That's that's weird. However, now um, remembering exactly where I was when 9-11 hit. I can remember like it was yesterday. I remember exactly where I was, who I was around, the people that I was with. Do you remember where you were on when 9-11 hit? I, I, I do. I do. I actually, um, I was working at a nursing home. I had just gotten off at midnights. So I had gotten home and I went to bed and the phone rang and it was one of my aunts asking if my dad was okay. And I'm, my dad's at work. Of course he's okay. What are you talking about? And she says, well, I just want to make sure your dad's okay. So I called my mom. You know, I'm still half asleep. I don't know anything's going on. And I was like, mom, Aunt Carol just called asking if dad's okay. What is she talking about? And she's like, turn on the news, just turn on the TV. You don't even have to pick a channel. Just turn on the TV. Yeah. And the time that I t 
turned on the TV is when the second tower was hit. That's crazy. And I, I just, I was like, what? Still on the phone with my mom. I'm like, it, I never cuss in front of my mom. I cuss like a sailor, not a sailor in army, but cuss like a freaking sailor. I can make you blush. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And she says, I, I don't know, but I'm coming home. And the whole phone call and stuff was when the Pentagon was hit. My dad used to work in the Pentagon. Okay. So she was calling to make sure her brother was okay. She was a little confused that my dad hadn't been in the Pentagon for 15 years. Yeah. But she knew that he was there 15 years ago. So it was, is your dad okay? Is your dad okay? Okay. Yeah. My dad's at AutoZone. He's fine. So, I mean, it just turning on the TV and receiving my discharge papers the day before. Yeah. I I didn't know what to do with myself. I'm not in your shoes, so I can't imagine what you were going through, you know. Uh, so <clears throat> you you originally you originally joined what uh what year? I was 1997. 1997. It was a good year. The uh, the Bulls were in the playoffs, of course. Yes, they were. They were of every year, mostly in the 90s. Um, and then 97, that was what for you? You were uh, you were freshman college? I was a junior in high school. I had just finished my junior school. year of high school. I was I split up. That, that's weird. <laughs> I was weird. split up. I went to basic training between my junior and senior year. So then when I finished basic training in 97, I went back to high school and I finished my senior year in 98. And then I went off to AIT. That's insane. Cause we've, I mean, nowadays it's, it's the, you have to have a high school diploma degree, whatever they call it now, a high school certificate that you graduated high school or the uh, GED, the equivalent of a, high school uh certificate that's crazy you're, you're going in in your junior year and i'm just like hey yeah i'm gonna go join the military do the boot camp and stuff and then i'll, I'll be back so it's crazy i mean it's, it's a huge difference in what the uh the military is today as opposed to what it was then so uh so high school uh you joined you got your boot camp and everything out the way and then we went to the national guard and what was our rate our uh, our mos I was a 43 mic and it was a 43 mic. And are you familiar? If anybody is not familiar with a 43 mic in the army, Jeanette, what is a 43 mic? I'm Navy. Help me out. Uh, canvas repair specialist, a canvas repair specialist. Does it sound like what it is? It is it is what it is, what it sounds like. It's not KP. Everybody hates KP. <laughs> what is KP? Kitchen duty. Well, what is canvas repair? Canvas repair is we repaired tents. It, it is what it is. I mean, it is, it is what it sounds like. <laughs> okay. That's what I was checking to see. Is it is what it sounds like? Or is it like we call it canvas repair, but it turns out that we actually like hunt people down. <laughs> 
well, that's my side. Inverse repair. So you're fixing tents and tarps and stuff like that. Okay. This sounds weird, but back when I was in, in 97, 98 through 2001, females were still not allowed on the front line. So basic training. That's right. I was, so, yeah, that's, I, you know what? I, I, you know, kick me in the balls. Uh, Cause I'm not thinking in 1997, I'm thinking of 2021 or the times while I was in. So yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, well, I feel like an idiot. So continue on, please. So, I mean, I was a sharpshooter. I scared my drill sergeants in basic training because <laughs> not to pat myself on the back, but I knew what I was there for. I did what I had to do and I scared people. And it wasn't that I was crazy. It was that I was that good. I had 15 rounds fired out of my M16 and it was the size of a dime right through the middle. Nice. So I, I scared people, but you know, I, I think that, you know, uh, and I don't mean to cut you off. I, I'm very impressed. I'm going to be honest. I'm very impressed with your shooting capabilities, but at the same time, what you brought up kind of, kind of struck me differently. You know, I didn't think about this when we talked before, or when I talked to female veterans to begin with, it's, in the 1990s, you guys were not really involved in a lot. I mean, the amount of the military has changed since 1997 is insane. It's like we have women on submarines, which right. for the Navy, that, that was that, it, it's a huge leap. Uh, we have females in combat. We have we have females that we have lost in in Iraq and Afghanistan, I mean, rest their souls and everything, but how much the military has changed and in what can, so I, I joined, I I've been in for almost 20 years and it feels like a drop of a bucket to me. I cannot imagine what it is in the United States military's eyes and, and you joined in 97. So you're looking at, I don't know, roughly 24 years how far women have come in the United States military is pretty fucking admirable. Cause we're badass. You, you guys and are I finally realized it. Yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is. I hate that saying. I do. I hate saying it. I hate. I, saying I really do. Too. I cringe every time I say it. If it wasn't what it was, it'd be something else. Right. But that, exactly. it, it's pretty awesome to, and I've seen some of the girls, and I know that it's it's weird to say this as a grown man. Uh, I've seen them on TikTok. Uh, there's one in particular, Sergeant. I've seen her. She is, I, I can't remember her name. She's blonde as can be, bright blue eyed, uh, very just awesome, down to earth person, and she is an infantry sergeant. And I think that's pretty fucking stellar because I'm I'm Navy and she's an infantry star, sergeant in the United States Army. I was like, that's bad shit. That's a badass. Like that's, that's, that's badass. pretty fucking dope to me. But um, I'm I, happy she's that, on our side. <laughs> right, right. She could be with the Israeli uh, Air Force. I mean, she very just, just wow. I've seen their military and it's like. 
holy crap, they have a shit ton of women in their group too. And I think that's awesome. I love that we have integrated more. And I, although there has been through, through my uh, own uh, career, I've seen the good and the bad. But I mean, you see good and bad in both males and females. You, I, I've seen a shit ton of shitbag males and I've seen some shitbag females. But I've seen my my basic training was co-ed. And it was one of the first co-ed basic trainings that they had in Fort Leonard Wood. It was interesting. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't before, I wasn't after. My family's all military. So my sister, when she went through basic training, who's four years older than me, she was in an all-female unit. So when I was telling her about my basic training, you know, writing back and forth, and she's like, y'all are fucked up. I mean, excuse my language, but y'all are fucked up. What was different between the two of you? Um, well, you always had a male and a female fire guard, but, the, mm. uh, you know, so it's, you it's go to the mail end and no questions sense. asked. Yeah. It's changed drastically just because between the two of you who were just years apart. Right. That's pretty, I, and I, I, I've been talking about this uh, with some of the guys that are in my uh, training class that I'm with now. They're instructors who were military uh, before I joined the military, which was, uh, you know, the 9-11 wave. And some of these guys talk about how much it's changed since, you know, they've, they've been a third party perspective. And they have seen how much it's evolved in the last 24 years, 26 years, 27 years. And they're like, it, it, the military has drastically changed since then um in in terms of uh men and women how much has changed in uh training how much has trained uh changed from just paperwork to online stuff it, it, it's it's completely changed i'm okay with it i'm not good at it i that i can i i'm very honest i'm i'm not good at this online shit but it's, I, I believe it's going in the right direction. I think it's doing much better. The United States military is still strong as can be. You did your uh, canvas knitting, as you put it. You did that, and you did the National Guard, and that was out of what state? It was uh, Illinois. Out of Illinois. And uh, which area were you, were you in? I was in Springfield. Springfield, Illinois, which for some of you guys who don't know it, is the state capital of illinois chicago is not the capital of illinois i might have just ruined some people's lives i'm just saying it's not the capital right. uh, springfield is uh so you're out of springfield which is pretty dope uh springfield is in a terrible area and i had to spend some time down there which isn't a horrible place i can only imagine it was probably a lot better back in the 90s uh so you did that and you did your training and it was the one weekend a month, two weeks a year. Yes. Did you do any field exercises or anything like that? We did, but, um, I never in the four years I was in traveled out of Illinois for uh, other than my basic training and my ATI Okay. I, or AIT. Sorry. 
there's a couple beers. Um, AIT, I never really left Illinois with the army because mm-hmm. we had everything in Springfield. And if we had training outside of Springfield, it was, <laughs> it was maybe two miles away from my house. I got you. Which, which wasn't crazy, too shabby. But, yeah. I mean, there was a Ute site in Marseilles, which is an itty bitty little town in Illinois. There's nothing but cornfields, maybe a couple bean fields, but you know, we had cows. And then there was another Ute site in Streeter, but they didn't have the firing range or anything like that. So we never really no. left Springfield. I did most of my training there. For the one it was pretty lackadaisical, kind of like a we met up for the weekend and hung out type of deal. It was. Um, <laughs> it was. We had our own little pod because we're canvas repair and mm-hmm. we ordered pizzas and whatever and hope the first sergeant didn't catch us. And there may have or may not have been a couple chalk outlines of my body laying on the floor (laughs) just for shits and giggles. I mean, we had a good time. We were just one big family and I mean, we did our training. We were serious, but once the seriousness, seriousness was over, we sewed our armbands. We fixed our tents. We did what we had to do. We were, hanging out with brothers and sisters. We had fights and we got along and, you know, it was just a big family. I gotcha. You guys were just enjoying that time. Yeah. Well, and, and I was in the maintenance unit and then <laughs> this is a funny story. The only one in the canvas repair, I was the only female. So okay. there were, some jackasses. I mean, you have them, but a lot of them were big brothers. So I was okay with being the only female there because everybody, I mean, they knew my dad, but now what did your dad do? My dad retired as, um, Sergeant first class. Okay. And he was very well known. He retired about 10 years before I got in, but his name carried. So they were just, Oh, private Kester, any relation to Sergeant first class Kester? And I'm like, yeah, that's my dad. And they were like, Oh shit. So there was a bunch of dads. There was a bunch of brothers, you know, he was a triple aisle. It will. I mean, it was. It was a time. It was a trip. That's what it was. That's what it was supposed to be for you. You know, it was a challenge. It was something different, especially for the life of being in Springfield. And that was four hours away from my house. I had to drive four hours south every Ah, month. Wait a minute. There's four hours south of Springfield, Illinois. No, 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 no. It was four hours from Marseilles, Illinois, because I lived in Marseilles, so I had to drive. Four hours south every weekend. It took me three hours to get from Chicago to Springfield, and there's another. Well, four you hours drive a little south. faster than I do. <laughs> there's, there's more. There's like more Illinois. There is. That's gross. <laughs> there are what little towns south of I eighty. It's not just fifty five. 
it doesn't make sense to me that the world drops after I 80. Well, <laughs> um, so, all right. So we do our time. You do your, your one week in a month, your two weeks a year. And then all of a sudden, September 10th, 2001 comes along and it's time for specialist Sparrow. What was your maiden name? Kester. Kester. So specialist Kessick is like, I'm, I'm peace out, Girl Scout. I'm done. I finished my time. I got my four years in, had a great fucking time. Guys, don't lose contact with me. Can't wait to see you when you guys get out too, or we'll see each other outside of drill weekends, of course, right? And then the following day, after you get out of the United States military, catastrophe the happens. Falls apart. The world fucking falls apart. 9-11 hits. And what was going through your mind? I need to go back. I need to go back. I need to re-up. I need to, you know, put those papers in the shredder. I need to go back. What did you do? I didn't go back. You didn't go back? I didn't go back. Do you know why you didn't go back? I question all the time why I didn't go back. And after our conversation last night, you know, I did. I spent the night thinking after what you said, I did what I needed to do. I, I made the right decision for me and I, I, I will battle. I'll battle it for the rest of my life. It makes more sense. Hearing you speak about it, you know, third person, you're like, Hey, but I will always battle that. I will always, I lost mm-hmm. my family on nine thirteen. When When you say I lost my family, so you, so what, with everything that happened, everybody was th- would think like, Hey, no, I lost my, my, my father, my mother. I lost my family because of X, Y, and Z. No, can you elaborate on that, please? I lost my brothers and sisters. In arms. They, in arms, my brothers and sisters in arms. They were so upset that I did not come back that they left me. They, my unit was activated on 913 and Mm -hmm. I didn't go back. I didn't re-up. I didn't make that phone call saying shred the papers. I'm here. I decided that I, you know. Things happen for a reason. And I thought the reason was, I mean, if my discharge date was 9-11, would this have happened on 9-12? If my discharge date was 5-6, would have this happened on 5-7? Possibly. And I want to be okay with it, but the family that I lost for not re-upping it breaks my heart it does but if they were in my shoes would have they done the same thing they didn't that's have that's a good question place. that's a really good question would they have done the same thing as you or would they would they have come back I mean they didn't have the choice and like I said, after our conversation last night, I, I thought about it. I have thought about it. Are they mad at me because I wasn't there? Or are they mad at me because 
I had the choice. I didn't yeah. have to go. I couldn't imagine that. I, I if you if you were discharged from the United States military at 19, and I know there was a lot of guys, there was a lot of people who did re-up. There were people who were like, or they 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 were in their inactive reserves or whatever it was, and they decided like, no, I'm going. But the amount of people that came back and said, I'm no longer UA because we're now at a time of war and I'm just going to show up now. Or the, the amount of people who just like, no, fuck, no, fuck this shit. This is not what I signed up for. I got in at the end of desert storm. I, I, I didn't sign up for this shit, which put us in the, the longest conflict in United States history. But that's what you, know? you signed up for. Yeah. That's what you sign up. But you raise your right hand and you say, I will defend my country. Unless you're Air Force and you signed up for college. Just kidding, Air Force. No, he's not. Kidding. You all had carpeted barracks. I don't want to hear it. I love you, though. Who did? Who did? The Air Force. Come on, Oh, now. I thought you were talking about the Navy. I wouldn't step no. in that carpet. It's full of semen. <laughs> Dang. You did there. In all reality, you know, on 9-11, I was scared shitless. I thought they were going to start the fucking draft. I'm like, fuck, they're going to start the draft. I was in a room filled with grown-ass men. By grown-ass men, I mean like 35 years old and older. Like we we were the tree gang of Lakeshore Drive in Chicago on the south side. We took care of tree branches that fell down, and we would chop them up and then mulch them down. That's but, what I did. And – we discussed this last night. You're four years younger than me. I was 22. You were. Don't go tell him my age. Four years younger. But 35 seemed old. When 9-11 hit, I was 18 years old. Yeah. And 35 is old. 40 is old. You're. Shut the fuck up. I'm 41 <laughs> years old. You know what? You stop it. Stop telling my age. Don't put me out there with you. Guys, I'm only 25 years old. I look great for my age, too, by the way. <laughs> 41, and I think I'm beautiful. I'm just you like are it. fantastic. <laughs> you are full of sass. So 9-11 hits, you know, 9-13. The unit that you were once with gets gets sent out. They get activated. How many phone calls did you receive? Hundreds. Yeah. Hundreds. Everybody? Everybody. I mean, not just from my unit, but from my family. Yeah. Okay. And there was go and there was not go. Okay. My my dad was the biggest part of my decision to not go. Really? I was just going to ask you that part. And I mean, if they were to tell me that my daughter was about to get activated and she just stepped down, I'd have been like, I, I would say the same fucking thing. My dad, I mean, my dad's a Vietnam veteran. Mm -hmm. He's seen some things. He won't even talk about Vietnam. He'll talk to about it, talk to my husband about it, but he won't talk to me about it. Yeah. My husband is also military. Yeah. But 
he sits down with my husband and my husband will say, Hey, your dad told me this story. And I'm like, Oh, I never knew that. And he's like, you've known him for this many years. How did you never hear that story? My dad never talked about it. He talks Vietnamese in his sleep when he's awake. He doesn't know what single Vietnamese word. It's crazy. It's crazy. So when he found out because he was still friends with everybody that I was in the unit with, I mean, they're all friends. It's, it's a big freaking family in Illinois. It's a big state, but it's not. No, you're very right on that one. When you're in the army, it's especially the national guard. Everybody knows everything. It's like, you're living in the small town. So every, like I said, everybody knew whose daughter I was. And my dad said, absolutely not. You don't need to come back how I came back. And, you know, I questioned about, and he still won't to this day, won't talk about it. Now let's look at you today. It's 2021. It's uh, kind of almost September. It's late August, early September. Who is Jeanette Sparrow today? Jeanette Sparrow today is a mother of two, happily married, living in Florida, right in Florida. I'm jealous because I still live in Illinois and it sucks there. <clears throat> so mother of two, we're going to we're going to assume they're children. Yes, I have 14 I'm, I'm and a nine year old. You have a what and what? A 14-year-old and a 9-year-old. 14-year-old and a 9-year-old, which are just wonderful children, I'm sure. They're amazing. Now, when did you meet your husband? I met my husband in 2006. 2006. And you met him what state? In Illinois. I would have said drunken, but fair enough. <laughs> well, so Illinois works. <laughs> um. Well, let's, let's, let's test this theory. We're going to, we're going to test this theory. We'll, we'll say in, um, nine 11 hit and, uh, Jeanette, you weren't Sparrow at the time. No. Uh, how do you say it again? Caster. Caster. So yes. Jeanette Caster said, fuck it. I'm staying in nine 11. Right. And, uh, on nine 13, you activated with your unit. You guys head to whatever area to go get your training updated and up to date and everything like that. And we'll say you guys get sent to Afghanistan. Okay. You head to Afghanistan. You're there by, we'll say 10 sometime, sometime in October. You get sent there. You're in Afghanistan. You're in Afghanistan. You do... Shit, I don't even know how long deployments were then, but they were pretty fucking long. But you do a, a decent deployment. You come back. You and your friends are not as the way you guys were when you come back. So I've done five tours to the Middle East. And every single time I come back, somebody who just met me before my last deployment says I'm different. So you leave a little bit of yourself behind. Um, how do you not? I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. Uh, so you wind up activating. You come back. You get your downtime, maybe about a year. 
and then you reactivate again because that that was like the rotation time for the army marine corps everybody at that point you were you were rotating that fucking fast you were called uh replace in in place relieved in place you were ripped out of there so you rip out you rip right back and you're back out there again you do another tour so you put in two tours in those four years and that's to say you know however well you did you were a specialist at the time probably put on sergeant you got maybe a combat patch at the time whatever else is going on and they're they're taking everybody and anybody back in the states because they're trying to fill all these positions that need to be filled up god knows where the fuck you are and you come back you have met however many people in your lives you possibly never get to meet your husband because of uh, the amount of people that are in your life uh, or it took you somewhere else and you decided oh, well you know what i'm gonna go full active i'm gonna move i'm gonna move to i don't know where the fuck any of your guys' base is at and you want nor most more than likely you get shit on and you wind up in jersey somewhere at fort dicks or something i don't know but you wind up wherever the hell you're so you wind up never meet your husband your kids are never born and you're you're just looking forward back to the day that you can move back to springfield Illinois. could you imagine looking forward to moving back to springfield illinois how much that would suck where your life is today no i no it snows you look you well that's what we're looking at right now this is they right. we're playing the what if game because you played the what if game and I i'm playing did. the what if game now and time. right now you're looking you're looking forward to moving back to springfield illinois not to say anything bad about springfield illinois but you live in florida right now and it's nice and sunny and humid and all this shit and you have a nice little house and you have your beautiful little kids and you got a husband that loves you and you got fur babies and everything like that but right now the the 20 08 Jeanette is looking forward or the 2012 Jeanette is looking forward to moving back to Springfield, Illinois because she misses home. I can't imagine it.